0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 42 of the BrewDog News Podcast. This is a special episode because tonight is just an interview with me and David McDowell, the Chief Operating Officer of BrewDog. Uh, You're going to hear quite a few things, it's about half an hour this interview. Uh, How the BrewDog team have responded to the crisis. Could there be bar closures and layoffs? I asked Dave that question. Uh, The incredible demand for hand sanitizer, I learned a thing or two there. Uh, The reaction to the government measures to date, from Dave's point of view, Um, the national timeout campaign, which you've probably seen something about online by now, and uh, the 10-point plan for safely opening a bar. Um, I've also got a little something to tell you about at the end of the podcast. We have an awful lot of amazing beer to give away, and we are looking for your input on how exactly to do that. So... Um, stick around to the end. Um, you'll even see a video if you're li- if you're listening. If you're listening to the video podcast, well done, Robert. Brilliant. Anyway, I better show up. Here's me and David. David, lovely to see you. The last time me and you spoke, we were having a beer in uh, Manchester, and that feels like a very long time ago. All of a sudden, um, how how sure. is lockdown sure right. treating you? <laughs>
1: um you know how do you answer that question as well as can be expected I guess Rob um, um as you guys know more than most we've got we've had a lot of stuff going on um so it's been it's been busy and um and, and in that respect time is passing um I um have never spent this long in one place <laughs> um so that's a that's a, a strange byproduct product of it. So many of us in Bruda were so used to travelling significantly for work and I've now been in the house for six or seven weeks.
0: Yeah. And how how are you finding the communication? I mean obviously James is still up in Ellen. He's able to actually get to work. He doesn't live far, but I mean is it has it slowed things down? Has it made things tricky for you?
1: Do you know I think we got a head start because we were used to communicating remotely via Zoom and various other channels before this. Yeah. Because the business 'cause of the geography of the whole thing. Um I traditionally had spent, you know, a half at least of my week up in up in Ellen. I've got uh, we've got a place there. So i I'd, I'd done that um for most of the last nine, 12 months or so. So uh, strange not being up in Ellen, but in in reality what we'd clearly done is the, the offices are, are empty at the moment. Everybody's working from home um pretty much. Um and we've been very careful about restriction access so that the guys in production and packaging are safe and secure as possible so um uh, so we i think we've managed to get quite a lot done remotely to be yeah. honest i'm quite impressed by the team have responded to it
0: yeah yeah i would agree i would say you know from from my work as well it's been Uh, The things we've been able to do just wouldn't have even dreamed that we'd have been able to achieve. You know, entire projects where people have gone, no, no, we could never really do all this remotely. Now we've had no choice and we've got it done. So it is cool. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my work. We're here to talk about your work. Um, I've got a few questions for you. Um, Firstly, I was going to say, how have the team, and by the team, I mean the entire BrewDog staff all watched, just short of 2,000 on how have they been? How through all this? Have have you seen a good response? Are How how do you feel about this all?
1: Listen, it's a great question, and I think that we have we've gone through various phases. Haven't we? I think first things first. That I think back to round about the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth of May uh, of March. Sorry, there was real. We're, we're, you know, I think every business was start was in a in a kind of panic mode, and we recognised that. I think we recognised pretty early on that we had to get out of that panic mode and get yeah. into the mode of building a pragmatic and proactive plan. Most importantly, of talking to our teams a lot about what was happening and how we were trying to build and evolve a plan that would react to. it. Um, so the team have been amazing, um, um, you know, uh, uh, and 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 we've we we've over. I think we've tried to over communicate to the team. I, I write to the team once a week with a full business update. James also does that at the tail end of the week um, and we're in regular contact with directly and more of the sessions and meetings virtually than probably we ever were before. So we're, we're, we're working really hard to stay close to it. There's effectively three groups of people though. You've got people who are working from home and I think that has a unique set of challenges, um, especially for people who weren't used to that in any way and, and were used to an office environment. We've got people who are working in production and packaging and logistics, and those, you know, um, and uh, those those teams are the lifeblood of our business any uh, at any point in the year, but especially now. And um, so, keeping them focused and engaged and making sure that they feel safe and secure was was a real team priority. So that has a unique set of challenges, and then unfortunately, you've got. 900 or so people in our team who are on furlough um, um, along with with millions of people around the country yeah and I think you it, I think that's a really difficult thing for the teams because our it, you, you know lots of people in our team and they're they're a the passionate driven engaged bunch yeah so when they feel as though they're not contributing or they're slightly distanced from what we're doing or they're slightly disconnected from what they're doing, it's not it's not easy um, um and therefore we've tried really hard to continually communicate as much as we possibly can with that group of people and make sure that they're in the loop of what's going on
0: yeah i'm just thinking yeah we, we just lost the connection and had to reconnect to there but i'm just the the irony i'm just speaking about like the technical difficulties that people like emma have had to do we're taking like new staff on and, and there it is a <laughs> perfect yeah, example come. um Brilliant. Right, David, um, the website, that is obviously doing well um, at the moment. That's sort of keeping the business ticking over. I do want to sort of have a quick chat about that. Um, before we do that, though, I definitely think it's always worth mentioning some of the fantastic initiatives that BrewDog have been doing at the moment. Um, James has been obviously tweeting and talking about these sort of things an awful lot. But, um, yeah, there's things like the sanitizer and things like that. Do you want to, do you want to speak about those for a second?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, Rob, I think that at the start of this period then, and I talked a wee bit earlier about that phase of panic mode and then trying to pragmatically build a a forward-looking plan. And I think one of the key moments for that was that we realized that, first of all, the current plan was effectively irrelevant considering so much disruption was going on. Um, um, and therefore we had to think about strategy differently. And we realized that we actually had two main priorities. I know James has mentioned this to you guys on this as well, but, um, and those two priorities were: we need to make sure that we find a pathway for this business to survive. Yep. Um, and secondly, we need to do that in order that we can protect the livelihoods of as many of our awesome team members around the world as possible. And those be- and that became the strategy and the plan. And that helped us prioritize where we put our energy. What we also realized was that uh, we needed to make our decisions with the culture and the ethos of the business at uh, at their core. And we've always said that we think business can be a force for good. And it felt wrong for us with that in mind, not to try and use the team to do some good during a very difficult period in a very small way. Um, And that's why some of these initiatives came to light. I think the most impactful has been in, ter- um, in terms of helping has been the work that we've done on sanitizer. So, yep. you know, qu- a quarter of a million bottles of sanitizer We made a uh, makeshift um, uh, sanitizer production line, I'm going to do that in inverted commas, production <laughs> line in Ellen um, um, that allowed the team to work socially distant and allowed us to put a 24-hour sanitizer production very manual production process in place that allowed us to to do this and um and there was such a demand for that we could have given that out a hundred times over and we're glad we could do something and we'll continue to do that for yeah as long I, was, as, I was gonna uh, ask is the
0: production of that still on the go
1: yeah it's still on the go and we we'll, wow. you know we always we always said we'll, we'll keep doing this as long as there's a need for it now i think that uh, you know that the, the it's not as, there's not a dramatic, uh, as dramatic a shortage of supply as there was, um, but we're still sending to the NHS, we're still sending to charities, we're still sending to care homes. So um, there's a real, there's a real need for it. And we've still got a team working around the clock, filling whatever bottles we can find with sanitizer. Yeah,
0: um, no, so I still that's, love the, the the line. I still love the line when the first batch NHS needed the recipe tweaked and it was like that's the first time we've been accused of not putting enough alcohol in.
1: It's great yeah but there's there's been lots and but it's not just all been about that I mean I love the I love the, the the work that the team have done on the the open arms our virtual pub um, and I think there's a balance around dealing with some of the parts of the crisis that we can help with with also giving people a means of escape for a few hours every week. And I think that that does that. I think that the AGM, the virtual AGM, hopefully helped do that as well. Um, and um, and the, the team are, uh, uh, I think that for me, the most important thing about those initiatives is that the team have been really engaged from day one in helping with that stuff. Um, and it's actually at a difficult time probably brought this team closer together and galvanise them even tighter than they've ever been. And I've always been proud that the Brewdog team is a tight and passionate team, but it feels as though this period of adversity has has kind of brought them even closer together.
0: That's that's fantastic to hear, especially because, you know, you're based at home. So you, you, you're not even able to sort of interact with them on a day-to-day basis in exactly the same way as before. So that's, that's really encouraging to hear. So, yeah, yeah. excellent. Um, okay, so I mentioned the website before. Um, obviously, we, we've spoken on here that it was a bit overwhelming a good problem to have in many ways things are very much under control now tom's done an amazing job and has said he'll come yeah. on the podcast and Jack Twist, us which is really cool um but obviously the the revenue from the website is a, a tiny fraction or a very small percentage i would imagine of the kind of turnover that the the whole of the brew business uh, would would have was experiencing so um in terms, we've mentioned in staff furlough and things, but I mean, I'm sorry, David, I know this is a difficult question, but the, the schemes that the government have got going on, the furloughing, the the plans that you've put in place, obviously there's so much uncertainty about when anything's going to happen. Could there be more layoffs? Could there be bar closures? Is that is that something that we're looking at at the moment?
1: Well, Rob, it's, it's an incredibly uncertain time for every business in our sector but for most businesses around the country around the world at the moment and we um if i was i think what's probably more relevant is if we were to look at those two objectives rob of ensure that the the business uh, has the opportunity to to survive and hopefully at the other side of this continue to thrive and the objective of protecting as many livelihoods as possible. Then my my scorecard at the moment would be thanks to the hard work of the team, thanks to the fact that thirty percent of our business remains operational in grocery supermarkets and on, on ecom, and and also thanks to some of the government support measures that we've been able to to um, um, to access. And I think some of those have been very Forward-thinking and and helpful. I think there's more that needs to be done, but be, uh, thanks to all of those things, I think we're we're now in a better position than we thought we would be at this point. Um, but the reality is that the, the the reality is that both of those things remain uncertain and, and yeah. until we get through the other side of this. Um, and um, our commitment is to focus in hard on, on on those simple priorities, and the team have been amazing and behind us every step of the way on it and um you know I, i'm not i don't going to sleep at night until we try and get through this in the best shape that we possibly can
0: yeah so um speaking of initiatives that we're looking at to to try and help keep the business ticking over and things i know one thing that uh, you know really caught my eye on your twitter and and, and other places as well is the idea I've seen hashtag national timeout. So I've deliberately not looked into this because I thought it might be nice if you could explain to me and the the listeners as well um, what this is all about. Then, David.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, this uh, initiative was kickstarted actually by a very very smart and talented operator in, in London called Jonathan Downey, and and I've been part of a group over the past over over the period of the crisis. Who, um, of kind of hospitality leaders started out as a small WhatsApp group of us sharing information about how we were tackling this um, and, and and turned into, um, uh, I guess, a kind of senior group of people in hospitality trying to, to lobby for the right things to happen here because we recognize a, a couple of things. Um, Hospitality has been one of the hardest hit sectors by the crisis. You don't yeah. have to be a rocket scientist to work that out. Um, um, and right before, even before lockdown, um, then we were operating at you know twenty, thirty percent of our normal turnover for a period of time. Um, uh, what, through that period, where Boris had effectively said to people, you know, you know, stay away from pubs and bars and restaurants. Um, um, so there's been a number of phases, I think, of tackling the the challenge. The first one was absolutely helping try and drive the agenda for a job retention scheme of some description, um, and I think actually the chancellor did some critical critical work with that. And I remember sitting in front of the TV on the Friday that that press conference was on where he launched that and um, and a lot of us were extremely relieved when something like that went yeah. in place. What we are saying with National Timeout is that the next big crunch is actually in the relationship between landlords and tenants in hospitality and leisure. Um, we are likely to be the last um, part of the economy to warm back up again and it is likely to take We think a considerable amount of time before consumers are back at a level of confidence that we're um, as busy as we were prior to this, possibly well into next year. Um, And at the moment, the dialogue between tenants and landlords is challenging because there is a bit of a standoff um, and the national timeout campaign is designed to create a situation that supports both tenants and landlords through a very difficult period. So we're effectively saying all hospitality and leisure businesses will push back the next nine months of rent so that nobody pays anything until January 2021 when we're hopefully starting to warm back up again. The landlords lengthen or add nine months to each corresponding lease and get an extra nine months worth of lease from each tenant. Um, And in its simplest terms, we also enable the same pushback for landlords on the loan repayments that are secured against the properties in which we are tenants, um, and also um, some other protection and support for landlords in there. So as opposed to... Where you end up, I think, is a scheme that doesn't require government or taxpayer support in order um, uh, in order to make it happen, um, which I think is important. Yeah, it, it means that the key protagonists, so kind of lenders, um, tenants, landlords, have to sit around the table with the support of uh, the the government and find a solution where everyone shares the pain a little bit, um, and. We think if we don't do that then and we stay in a position where landlords are saying that that's you know what you're in a lease, you're my tenant I'm not really that bothered if you're not delivering any income or not you have to pay your rent then if that happens which we think we can find a solution to make sure that it doesn't but if that happens then we think around about 2 million hospitality jobs are at risk in hospitality and in the and in the supply chains that support hospitality. So it is the most important issue for the sector right now. Yep. I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit about no, this one no, because please, we've, yeah. been working, we've been working hard on it. Um, But we absolutely think that we have put a positive and proactive solution in place here that can support both landlords and tenants. And as Hospitality Union, we have written and delivered a full plan to the Chancellor last week um, and we continue to lobby for this type of support.
0: Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll show folks who, are, uh, apologies to the listeners, but um, if, you, if you're if you watching the video version of the podcast, which is a thing now, apparently. So <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lovely website that's been put together here in, in pretty much no time. And, uh, and obviously people can sign up and get more information on that. Uh, and I'm sure momentum's going to gather and, and put pressure on the government for this. So so my understanding then, if, if I'm, if I'm following this properly is my understanding is that um, you're basically saying uh, as far as like a, a typical breed dog bar goes is we, we'd like to not be paying our rent just now because we haven't got any income. We understand that you've borrowed money to buy this premises. So you've got to still repay that loans. So you're putting pressure on the government to give those people a break so they can give you a break. So the whole thing trickles down into basically keeping things going
1: really close. And I think what, what's important is that we're actually putting pressure on the lenders and the banks to give those people Got a break. It, yeah. um, and so in, in in simple terms, in the same way that uh, um, uh, you know, a personal mortgage holder might have taken a, a, a short break on their mortgage payments over the course of the time that they are on furlough or whatever. Uh, so we're asking for a similar program from a commercial property perspective. Um, and then um, we feel that that is a fair way to ensure that everybody has uh, a share of the the pain during a very difficult period. But crucially, that the landlord comes out of this in nine months' time, he's still got a tenant, and he's still got somebody that's ready to pay rent from January, and doesn't have an empty property because, unfortunately, the business may not have the, the, the any one of those businesses may yeah. not, may not have survived.
0: Yeah, um, so if people are wanting to find out a bit more about that, it's pretty easy to find. It's just hospitalityunion.co.uk.
1: So just one one point on that while I've, uh, while I've got you guys. Yeah. On that website, there, I wrote to 40-odd MPs last week who are all in the constituencies where there are brew bars and draft house pubs. Um, we've had some good dialogue from that. On that website now is a draft letter yep. um, um, template that you can send to your local MP. So if you are... Uh, someone who works in hospitality someone who knows someone who works in hospitality someone who just enjoys the hospitality sector and you want to support then download the template letter and, and please follow the instructions to write to your mp
0: brilliant excellent okay um let's have a little chat about some other quick things then david Before i've still got you here um yeah uh, obviously we we mentioned before about um there's no certainty in any of this at all but um in terms of if if the bars were to reopen uh, let's just pick a hypothetical if the bars were to reopen in a month's time is the is all the supply chain in place for everything um and what i mean by that is you know could all like tower hills massive amount of food that they need to produce is everything ticking over in the background is, is there any major challenges there that you feel we, we obviously know the beer is okay but anything on that side
1: yeah, I mean, in reality, on beer as well, as you can imagine, we've stopped producing kegged products at the moment. Every, you know, everything's going into the, the the canning and bottling lines. So we'll need to we need to warm that back up at a point in time, also. And we're we're, we're watching closely um, what what guidance we get in relation to the timetable. Um, I think there will be a period of time where the hospitality supply chain. Uh, needs to kind of warm back up again. I think you're starting to see that in some American states right now where states are warming back up and too you know too many restaurants have opened and the supply chain isn't warm enough yet. Yeah. So, um, so we're working quite hard behind the scenes with suppliers with different industry bodies to make sure that we get the timing of that right. And I think we can do that, but we can only do it if... It, it, sorry, the soapbox is going to come back out. Um, we can only do it if there is... Uh, uh, a sufficient and honest and transparent framework and timetable from the government about when we're going to open, um, or at least what the decision-making process is. So hopefully we'll get that this weekend and get some clear guidance on that. Um, um, but there is a there's there's a job to be done. You're yeah. quite right to get the cogs of the supply chain back up and running again. Um, we've got 19 of our locations open for delivery right now which yep. is helping our suppliers.
0: People are um, able to get their chicken wings as well which is you and, know and,
1: and, important and, and, and It's very important and um, and in a small in a small way that allowed us to kind of test the water on how long does it take for our supply to come back up, up and running and we sold 15,000 chicken wings on Wednesday night so we're starting to get the <laughs> supply chain back into uh, back into motion in some yeah. small way and I think that will help us. Um, with what's ahead
0: okay well a uh, final thing to mention about then is looking um, looking ahead and, and beautifully timed there's a, a blog post just been published about this looking yeah. ahead for brew dog bars um it's it's obviously again I must stress this isn't uh, well I mean I'm speaking for you here via David but you know this is this is what things could look like assuming that uh, you know we're taking some guesses I would guess. I would guess. At guesses. Well done, Robert. Good English there. Um, but yeah, um, ten, 10 key initiatives, um, talking about that if you wanted to get a bar back open, perhaps these would come into place. Um, yeah, you, you want to talk about those? Save me stumbling through it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked a lot about the challenges facing the, the pubs and bars and restaurants and hospitality. And and I think that it's only right that we try and support some of those challenges are open and honest and transparent about them. I think there's a danger that you wallow a little bit in the challenges and I think that that's not a particularly brew dog approach so what we've also been trying to do is to make sure that we are among the first to really start to think about the way forward and to find solutions and JB and his team have been working hard on um, um on this um over the past few weeks and um and we decided that it would be really positive to release this yesterday and first of all gauge people's response in terms of you know, how does that feel in relation to the experience of visiting a, a brewdog bar, um, and also to, to I think share our learnings with the rest of the industry um, and because if this inspires other people to think about okay, well how can I try and make this work? Then I think that's been a good thing. So yeah. the balance, isn't it? Visiting a brewdog pub um, is all about beer and hospitality and community. And it's an inherently social thing to do um so we can't ever lose that because you know as uh, as you guys know very very well that's the magic of visiting our locations that interaction Um, but if we can only bring it back at least for a period of time with certain measures in place then what are the right measures to put in place and that's where these 10 things came from um and um and difficult to explain to customers really quickly and that's why we created the, this very short video which hopefully will give people a little bit of comfort that if they come into a brew dog bar and visit us for a, a well-deserved beer after this so they'll do it not only with a warm welcome but in a clean and safe environment
0: yeah yeah it's um it's it's it is interesting i i was listening to um a, a podcast talking about this kind of thing and it, it it's it's going to be very, very difficult for the government to, to make decisions on this because, of course, in my mind, there is no question that BrewDog could implement this really well. There's still questions about things like, you know, if you've got a lot of people in who've had alcohol and they all need to use the toilet at the same time, how would you really maintain social distancing? Yeah. You've got to have team members constantly keeping an eye on numbers of people coming in and those sort of things. So what what impact would that have on the staffing levels? Again, just so many unknowns. So it's it's it is fantastic that that you know D- D- brewdog are sort of getting one step ahead of this and saying, okay, this is what things might look like. On the flip side, that's brewdog. Uh, I would imagine big chains, you know, Weatherspoons and the likes would still also, well, Weatherspoons might be a bad example, but, um, you know, would, would also be able to do this. Where, where my concern would come is in your more, your village pubs like world famous Newton Arms or, um, you know, perhaps pubs in, in areas where th- there is opposition even to this lockdown altogether. Um, we, we've already seen back in when the lockdown first started that some pubs refused to close and, and, you know and they ended up getting serious fines and good luck getting your license again next time now um so I wonder if uh, here in Scotland Nicola Sturgeon Boris in in down in London you know if they're going to look at this and go well a program of asking bars to complete a survey and say they're going to do all these things, might work or whether they'll just go no it, it's going to be flat we're going to just wait until it's completely safe for everyone to be back out together who knows i mean, i know you've not got the answers here
1: i don't have the answers and i think the, the reality is um that your listeners probably aren't going to like this one but um the reality is that we we'll, we will be at the tail end of that reopening process in, in the uk at least um um the flip side of that on a more positive note is that we opened Brewdog oslo the other night it's the first
0: oh really Brewdog i did not so know that i have not been um, keeping um, up
1: um so we reopened that on wednesday night i think with um slightly limited capacity and um and elements of social distancing so a, a meter in a uh, gap in between customers which is easier to deal with incidentally and we had um um uh, jb posted a great picture actually of 50 people in for a beer within the first hour and a half which gave us all a bit of and they were all absolutely distant and and safe but it gave us a little bit of confidence that you know that we'll, we'll get through this at some point we're also we we're, um, we also just got the guidance from ohio which means that over the course of the next 10 to 14 days we'll have the ohio bars back up and running yeah um, with some measures in place that aren't too draconian, which we can work with. Um, uh, so there's some there's some positive signs coming out as well. But I do think that in the UK, we'll be later on in this the cycle. We just want open and transparent dialogue about what that cycle looks like. Um, and um, and I think I also have a, a a ton of faith in customers and the public to self-police this thing to a certain extent (laughs) in the way that they have with the lockdown overall Um, and there'll be a lot of onus and emphasis on the operator doing the right thing Um, um, but I think that I'm hoping that certainly in smaller locations and in independent businesses and in single businesses that that consumers will realize that they've got their part to play to support their local publican or their local operator, local restaurateur in this, um, uh, because it's for everyone's benefit to try really hard to get it right.
0: Yeah, I I I've been really um, encouraged by uh, my my local here, um, again, the world-famous Newton Arms. They've been doing a, a beer delivery service just within the village here at the weekend, and a lot of people, a lot of people have said, you know, we're not bothered. We can go and get f- beer from Tesco up the road, but we want to support you. We want to see the business here once all this is done. Um, and I think Hop Drop and the support that's got is not just people craving chicken wings and wanting to get a as a beer deliverer. I think a lot of it is people just wanting to support the business. So there's no Absolutely. doubt in my mind that the hunger is there from people for this. So, yeah. yeah. I think so as well. Yeah. Uh, David, I've taken way more of your time than I expected to. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, I'm very grateful that you're just still here and haven't thrown the towel in. I know you've, you know, we didn't mention this. All the directors have taken a considerable pay cut as well, just doing your bit to to get the to, through the business as best you can um
1: that's um that's that's the least that we could do and i think you know us all well enough rob to know that there is no question that any of us are throwing any towels in here we've um we've worked hard to build something special i think we're getting through the worst of this um long way to go but um um you know we 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 hope that the that an even better brew dog comes out of the other side
0: yeah absolutely um david i'll let you go um Thank you. That's all I could really say. Thank you for chatting with us. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And thank you for doing your damnedest to make sure there's still a brew dog for me to go and get a pint in once all this is done and dusted. So,
1: My pleasure. Hope to see you for a beer soon, Ron.
0: Take it easy. Bye for now. Thank you again there to David for that interview. Um, as you've heard, as you saw, incredibly lovely, incredibly open and honest person, David. He'll just tells you how it is. And uh, I really do feel very privileged that um, we get a chance to, to bring people like that onto the podcast for you, the listeners, because a lot of a lot of companies just, you know, their chief operating officer just sort of hides behind a wall of, you know, press offices and things like that, so it's really fantastic. Um, but, for now, check this video. This I made the other day. If you've been on our social media, you've already seen this. Check all these bi- these beers. AB17s, AB24s, all sorts of hop shot in here. There's all sorts of rare beers in here. And this was um, very kindly donated by a listener to the show who said, hey, can, can you do something with ease? And um, I'm leaning towards some sort of charity giveaway or raffle or something like that. But please let us know your ideas. Any of our social media channels, you'll find a post all about this. Just let us know. And uh, in the next episode, which we're recording in just a few days' time, we will tell you exactly what we've decided to do with the beers. Very tempted to drink them. Very, but I'm not going to. Uh, In the meantime, have a a lovely few days. Uh, Stay safe. Stay socially distant. I was going to say stay at home, but that's only applying to us in Scotland and Wales at the minute and Northern Ireland. So, hmm. right, I'm off for a beer. Bye for now.